Twitter handle, at Religion of Woke, all one word. Are you going to go win an Olympic gold medal because you love America? Or are you going to go win an Olympic gold medal because you want America to be burned down to the ground? So do Olympic athletes hate America? And that's kind of like a ridiculous question, right? Or at least it should be. But stuff's gotten a little topsy-turvy since uh, George Floyd was murdered. I think uh, there's like a purple-haired lesbian on the U.S. women's soccer team. I think she might hate America. The U.S. women's soccer team is definitely like taking a knee every time. I mean, if you take a knee, does that mean you hate America? I mean, it means that you're calling America racist. Obviously, they're unaware that America is the least racist country on the planet. But anyways, you know, they believe the media hype. They're calling America racist. They're taking a knee. I guess that's okay. I mean, it is okay. Anyone can do whatever the heck they want. I don't want anyone telling me what I can do. But it just makes this Olympics a little weird where it's like, you know, maybe are you competing in the games to support your country? Or maybe you're competing in the games because, you know, whatever, this is too harsh. You hate your country. Or, you know, you don't hate your country, you're just trying to improve your country, right? That would be the, that would be the more charitable way of looking at it. And I think the answer is that... Uh, most Olympic athletes are like, you know, they love America, they're so happy to be going to the Olympics, etc. But then, like, you know, Nike is promoting the women's soccer team. I mean, they're famous anyways, they usually win. Um, I don't know. Anyways, people who hate America are getting outsized um, publicity, so it just makes it a little funky. And then I'm anti-woke, so, you know, I'm not... I'm not impartial or whatever. Anytime someone takes a knee, I'm basically like, F you. F you. Don't you know that America's the least racist country on the planet, you dumb effer? I know, I know. They don't know. They just don't know. It's not their fault. It's like getting mad at a two-year-old when they pull the cat's tail. They just don't know. It's not their fault. But anyways, I enjoy some of the Olympics, especially when someone is patriotic. And then... Uh, when the U.S. women's team lost, I enjoyed that too. And, uh, you know, like the U.S. men's basketball team, I feel like they've got a certain amount of hatred for America. And when they get beat by whoever it is, uh, I enjoy that also. So I was just watching, I think her name is Krista Palmer. Um, anyways, she is an Olympic athlete, and she just won the bronze medal in springboard. And for whatever reason, I think uh, women's springboard, that's my, uh, that's my favorite sport to watch in the Olympics this year. Especially the one where they do doubles. Uh, but it's basically, you know, there's a diving board, and then you do flips. You know, like, oh, you do two forward flips, and then a twist flip, and then another forward flip. And then you go into the water, and it's like, you know, do you leave the board, like, straight up? Do you go into the water straight down, and do you... Uh, keep your limbs kind of stiff and tight when you're flipping or do you let them fly around all over the place and then there's judges who score you which there's a debate on whether or not any sport can be a sport if you're given a number by judges but you know I remember people used to say like is golf a sport anyways I think golf's a sport I think any of those things can be a sport I think video gaming's a sport probably have that in the Olympics eventually and so this woman, she had a really heartwarming backstory where she 
blew out both her knees doing trampoline and she thought her career as an athlete was over with and then when she was in her 20s someone hooked her up with like whatever some a fe- she hooked her up with a female coach at the University of Nevada doing this diving stuff and like that female coach she had been a former olympian but her her the you know the olympics that she was supposed to go to that was the year that the U.S. boycotted the Olympics, and so she never got her chance. So now she's trying to, you know, get her chance through uh, Krista, this young woman who's doing it now. I mean, really, you know, she's in her 20s. And, like, the two, you know, the, the silver and the gold went to the two Chinese women. Apparently, like, they always win. Like, there was never any doubt, and they are amazing. But, like, they have no personality at all, whereas Krista, she's just, like, you know, even though, you know, it's just a camera following her around or whatever, and she is just bubbling with personality. She's awesome. And she's, like, using her hands to do the little heart-shaped symbol. And she's, like, saying that she, you know, she loves... She does it, and she points at the flag on her jersey, so she loves America. She does it, and she points at the camera, so she loves her audience. And uh, she does it, and she points straight up, so she loves God, too. Which is fine with me. But she just does it with a giant grin, and she just has a great bubbly personality, and it just, it really made me feel good to watch her do that stuff. But it makes me think of a, there was a study on like, you know, winning gold, silver, bronze, or not getting a medal. That's basically your, your four options are gold, silver, bronze, or no medal at all. And so they did some sort of study to see how happy people were. And I think, you know, obviously, if you win a gold medal, you're happy, so... That part, no mystery. But the funny part was that people who win a bronze medal are happier than people who win a silver medal. Because, you know, when you win a bronze medal, you're like, holy crap, I almost didn't get any medal at all. So you're comparing yourself to all the people who got no medal. And you're like, this is awesome. I just made it in. You know, the, the thing, the, the, there was two options, and I got the good option. The two options were no medal or bronze medal. And I got the good one out of the two. But human psychology is just a weird thing. And so when you win the silver medal, you don't go, oh, thank God I didn't win the bronze. What you do, you, the silver medalist compares themselves to the gold. So they're like, oh, they had two options, the gold or the silver. And so they got the bad one out of the two. So that's interesting. And uh, I forget how they determined exactly like how happy you were, but it makes me think of another study where I think they like swabbed people's saliva. This is an old study. You know, let me tell you, any study you hear about, could be completely false, but anyways, they're interesting too. But they did a study, I don't know if it was NFL or baseball, anyways, some major league stadium somewhere, I think. They uh, they would swab people's saliva and measure the amount of testosterone after the game was over, uh, of the fans. They would check the fans' testosterone. And they would have a higher level when their team won, and a lower level when their team lost. And so, I think the testosterone is associated with... It's associated with winning and losing, I guess. You know, like, maybe just imagine if you're in a war or something. But, uh, I think it also goes along with happiness. Like, you know, your body's happy, you know, your team wins, your body's happy, your brain is shooting out, uh, happy brain chemicals and everything's great. Or if they lose, your brain's shooting out a bunch of depressing, sad chemicals. And, uh, anyways, one of those things that goes up or down is testosterone, so they can kind of measure it listening to a couple guys complaining about how social media uh, censors people 
I guess like recently the CDC said something about COVID and then a day later they changed their mind and said the opposite of it. And so people were getting suspended and banned on social media. I don't know if they I don't know if they because they said the thing that the CDC said the first time or because they said the thing that the CDC said the second time. But you know, it doesn't seem real fair to be banning people when they're flip-flopping like that that much. You know, and I think social media like uses the CDC as the arbiter of truth. And Wilford Riley is one of the guys talking. I love me some Wilford Riley. Uh, he's a black professor from Kentucky State, which is one of the historically black colleges or universities, HBCUs. Not University of Kentucky, Kentucky State. But anyways, he's saying he can go on Twitter or whatever, and uh, he can list off any crime statistics that he wants. And the other guy, it's Tim Pool, uh, is like, uh, I don't think that's true. And it sounds like, you know, if you want to say that half of the violent crime in America is committed by black people, even though they're 13% of the total population, um, whatever. One guy thinks you can say that all you want. And the other guy's like, I don't think you can say that all you want. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, I just said it there, but I'm not saying it on Twitter. In fact, I'm not even sure that stat is correct. Blacks commit half the murders, and they're 13%. I don't know what they are. Whatever. They do a disproportionate amount of violent crime. I think it's only two and a half times as much, not four times. Anyways, someone says, and I, I think it would be very interesting if this was done, that, you know, the government, you can't censor them, they're private companies, blah, blah, blah. Um, or whatever. You can't force them not to censor their private companies, blah, blah, blah. But someone thinks they should be forced to write down the rules that they are, uh, you know, banning people by. Like, what specifically are the rules? The current thing is, is they, you know, they have a bunch of mumbo, well, you know, they'll say, well, we'll, we'll ban you for hate speech. But they don't say what hate speech is. So they just, you know, any, any, uh, any, Worker at Google or YouTube can just push a button that says you're banned for hate speech. And, you know, that worker may be in India and they're following some sort of script or whatever, but there's no transparency. What do you mean by hate speech? Or else it's just any speech that I don't like, which is what it currently is. Whatever. Okay. So I think, you know, all of this is stuff I've probably said or you've heard. That's not the interesting thing. The interesting thing would be if they, the reason why they, okay. Here's the reason why they cannot tell you what the rules are. It's because people will then just walk up to that line and not cross it. Like, you know, you can ban 10 famous people or whatever, and then that will make millions terrified of getting banned themselves, but they don't know what they're going to get banned for, so they self-censor themselves, and in fact, they, they censor themselves more. Like, you know, let's say that there's a scale of 1 to 10 on how... Uh, extreme your uh speeches you know one is uh cat videos 10 is like true racism and then five is like oh quoting crime statistics that are true and can be backed up by the bureau of justice statistics well if they lay out their um guidelines so clearly that you know when you will get banned when you say something and you know when you will not get banned when you say something and let's say they're like, okay, you can you can go up to a five. You know, you can say totally true crime statistics that are on uh, the Bureau of Justice and other, you know, federal government websites. Well, then a whole bunch of people are just going to create channels and then 
put their channel right at a five. You know, they won't do no sixes, because why would you? You want to get banned? But they just put their channel right at a five. And Google YouTube does not want that. You know, so basically what they do, you know, they're banning everyone from a six on up, and then occasionally they ban someone at a three. And that just keeps everyone on pins and needles, keeps everyone on their toes, and keeps everyone more moderate. And so I just wish, I wish the, you know, the, the famous people that I listen to on podcast would uh, acknowledge that and discuss that because it's an interesting thing. I mean, it's a, it's a sticky wicket. Like YouTube does not want hundreds of channels that are constantly discussing the disparities in crime, you know, between whites and blacks. But they also don't want to say uh, just because something is true doesn't mean you can say it. You know, they, you know, they want to they want to pretend that if it's true, you can say it. Of course, why couldn't you say something if it was true? And the only reason you couldn't say something if it was true is because people are trying to deceive. And so Google YouTube doesn't want to say that either. It's a sticky wicket. I don't even know what a sticky wicket is, but it is a real sticky one. All right, talking about Kentucky State makes me think of something I learned about the University of Kentucky and the University of Louisville. There's something I noticed, like there's certain states that are overrepresented on YouTube, like just be a small state and they'll have a lot of people on YouTube, I guess that I watch, you know. I don't know if they're producing tons and tons of makeup videos that get a million subscribers, but anyways, the kind of weird stuff that I watch. Um, and for some reason, Kentucky, you know, obviously there's California produces a lot of YouTube videos. New York probably does too. Texas definitely does. Um, but for some reason, Kentucky, they, uh, they punch above their weight. It must be a, well, it's a good state for some reason. Who knows? Maybe they just have fast internet for some random reason. But when I watch these guys in Kentucky, um, a lot of times you'll see like University of Kentucky bumper stickers or flags or whatever. And the point is, is that Kentucky absolutely loves the University of Kentucky basketball team. And I think they may have the best record of any team in the entire planet or something. It's like, I don't know, they're up there with like North Carolina and UCLA. Anyways, University of Kentucky, for whatever reason, is just phenomenal at basketball and has been for decades and decades. But this is the anti-woke channel, so what's my point? Well, the University of Louisville, you know, the big, the biggest city in Kentucky, Louisville, Kentucky, um... I don't know if they always had a great team, but maybe starting 20 years ago, there's a coach named Rick Pitino, who was like considered the greatest, one of the greatest college coaches. He went to the University of Louisville and he turned it into a phenomenal program that was really winning a lot of games and even a championship or two. And so there's a divide um, in the state between fans of the University of Kentucky and then fans who are the of University of Louisville. And so, uh, basically, there's one place in Kentucky that has lots of black people, and that's Louisville. You know, it's the big city, the, the inner city, whatever. And that's where the University of Louisville is close to. And so, basically, like, if you're black, you support the University of Louisville. And if you live in the hinterlands of Kentucky, you're probably white, and you support the University of Kentucky. And if you're a phenomenal black high school prospect growing up in Louisville, where do you go? I think I think you go to University of Kentucky because they're just so effing famous, you know, as one of the greatest programs of, of all time. But uh, 
whatever. A lot of them go to Louisville too. It's like, hey, you can stay, you can stay near your house, stay near, stay near your friends.